Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, and welcome to the Ghibliotech, the podcast that rifles through the registry of films from the world's greatest animation studio, Studio Ghibli. I'm Michael Leader, and I've seen a lot of them. And I'm Jake Cunningham, and I've seen a handful of them. So join us on our quest into the glorious world of Ghibli. So this summer, Film 4 has been going back through the complete Studio Ghibli archive, 24 films in all, and we're going along with them, picking out a few highlights. I'm the digital producer for all things online at Film 4, and I also host the Little White Lies Film Magazine podcast. And I host a podcast for Curzon Cinemas, as well as working on Channel 4's short film programme, Random Acts. And this season on Film 4 has been a great opportunity for me to catch up on some films that I've never seen. Yeah, you're getting quite the education, Jake. Yeah. So far, we've covered a few of their big hitters, including Spirited Away, My Neighbor Totoro, and Grave of the Fireflies. But today, we have something a little different lined up. Yeah, we did allow in our season to have one Michael's choice. Ah, yes. uh, and it's revealed a bit of a deep cut. Exactly. Today, we're going to be talking about 1995's Whisper of the Heart, of course. Yeah. And if you're like me and you haven't seen Whisper of the Heart or any of the Ghibli films that we've just mentioned, now's your chance to go back and watch them, catch up on our episodes as well. Be warned, we are going to be revealing some spoilers for Whisper of the Heart, and that's what's coming up next. Whisper of the Heart charts the eventful final year of middle school for 14-year-old Shizuku, who lives in suburban Tokyo with her parents and older sister. An avid reader, Shizuku starts to notice the same name popping up on the checkout cards in her library books, and she soon, soon develops a tentative friendship with a boy called Seiji, an aspiring violin maker whose grandfather owns a local antique shop. As the months pass, her relationship with Seiji, her visits to the antique shop, and her interest in a mysterious cat statuette called the Baron inspire Shizuku to think about her future and write her first novella. So, Michael, so far I've seen My Neighbor Totoro, Spirited Away, and Grave of the Fireflies. Uh, those are films directed by our, the two Ghibli big hitters, mm-hmm. Takahata and Miyazaki. Uh, the film we're looking at today, Whisper of the Heart, with my limited knowledge of the studio before entering into this whole new world, I'd never heard of it, really. Um, I, when I'd scanned filmographies, mm-hmm. I would have seen the name, but never really taken note of it. And the director, I didn't know anything about either. So I'm hoping you might be able to enlighten me. 
I'll have a I'll have a good college try. <laughs> so this is Yoshifumi Kondo, who actually is a Ghibli veteran. He was born in 1950 and pretty much was working with Miyazaki and Takahata from the age of 18, 19 onwards. Uh, he he worked with them beforehand on their TV series with the, we've mentioned before, like Anna Green Gables, but also Lupin the Third and Sherlock Hound. Um, and he joined he joined them at Ghibli and worked on films that we've mentioned before, like Grave of the Fireflies, but also Kiki's Delivery Service, Only Yesterday, and Porco Rosso. But wind back the clock to the early 90s, this is a point where Studio Ghibli are very well established. They've started to become household names, make money and be quite successful. And it's also their peak productivity in the space of seven or eight years from 1988 to 1995. They produced eight films. So that's starting with that double bill that we've covered of exactly. Totoro and Fireflies. All, all the way. way to this, um, including films like Pompoco, Porco Rosso, Kiki's Delivery Service, and Only Yesterday. Right. And so they're pumping out films at the rate of a film a year. And Hei Miyazaki is starting to feel, even it's, it's amazing that he's still working now, but in the early 90s, um, he was really feeling old and mm. thinking that he'd have to retire at some point. So who does he pass the torch on to? Who is his successor? And Yoshifumi Kondo, who'd worked as an animation director, and character designer on many of these films was tapped to be the successor. And this was a project that was handed over to him. It's based on a manga by Aoi Hiragi, but Miyazaki himself adapted it into a screenplay and embellished it with all of his own uh, ideas and themes and thoughts. There's a really great uh, production note that he wrote in October 1993, where he's wrestling with these ideas and concerns over what do I have to say to today's modern day youngsters? And here are a couple of quotes that I really like. This film will represent a type of challenge issued by a bunch of middle-aged men who have lots of regrets about their own youth to today's young people. It will attempt to stimulate a spiritual thirst and convey the importance of yearning and aspiration to an audience that tends to give up too easily on the idea of being the stars of their own stories. Our film will boldly attempt to sing the praises of life's beauty. And here's another great bit in this note. Wholesomeness so powerful it could blow away reality. Might not Whisper of the Heart be a film that accomplishes this? It was a, it was a success. It was the highest grossing Japanese produced film of its year at the Japanese box office. It didn't become the international success that maybe Miyazaki's films did. Yeah, it is, it's quite interesting how much of a success it is domestically in the fact that me as a, as a Westerner, not really knowing anything about it at all, and it's the biggest film of the year in Japan. Exactly, and I wonder whether that's because of the cult of Miyazaki and how it's more these animated fantasy films that are likely to translate uh, across the various ponds of the world. But it was successful to the point where they did make a sequel a few years later, or a right. spin-off, a strange spin-off, we will get to it eventually, called The Cat Returns, that focuses in on that barren character I mentioned in the plot synopsis, and we'll come mm. to him in the review. Um, but the film was only released, I think only released on DVD over here, in the, you know, in the early 2000s and that was the first time it was issued in English right. um, but it was a success critically, creatively um, at the box office as well and Yoshifumi Kondo was really seen as a talent to watch he immediately went back to doing his duties as a designer and animator on Princess Mononoke which was the Miyazaki film that was long gestating at that point and came out in 1997 but then Yoshifumi Kondo the year later in 1998 
very tragically died of an aneurysm. Uh, he was only 47, I think. Mm. And at the time, it was reportedly due to overwork and stress stemming from the production schedule, the, you know, the long hours and intense hours working at Studio Ghibli. Yeah. And it, that event is seen as influencing Miyazaki taking it easier. And, and does, does that slow easier. down after this point? Well, it's after that point where Miyazaki, first of all, <laughs> the first of many times, announces his retirement. But then when he comes back, he works at a different pace. They never make eight films in seven years again, right. for example. It's amazing that they're going at this pace and Miyazaki is so busy on all his projects but is still still needs this creative output to just write a screenplay and give it to someone else just to make because he's got that incessant need to just keep making. Exactly, yeah. Well, he also, at the same time, he was suffering writer's block for Princess Monoki and he made a short music video called On Your Mark which right. premiered ahead of Whisper of the Heart in the sort of the way that the Pixar and Disney movies have a short ahead of them. Mm-hmm. So Miyazaki was working at an incredible rate at the time. But Whisper of the Heart really stands as a cult movie, even though, as I say, it didn't get international release at the time. Since it has, it's really found an audience. Mm. And I'm not the only one who loves it. There are other no, people out there who love it. But you've made it very clear to me how much you do like this mm-hmm. one. I think yeah, later on when we get into our leaderboard, mm-hmm. I won't be surprised to see this one maybe end in the in the top half at least of that exactly but first I want to know what you think and maybe this will be where we fall out I don't know let's hope not (laughs) yeah the series ends here Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So, Jake, you've seen films directed by Isao Takahata and Hayao Miyazaki already. Uh, this is your first film directed by anyone else. What was new for you here? Well, there's a there's a lot that was new. There was a lot that was familiar, but there was certainly some uh, some things here that were very unexpected. Mm-hmm. I, the first thing that you encounter in this film is Olivia Newton-John singing John Denver, yes. uh, which is not something that really I would have expected from the preceding three films I'd seen. (laughs) Uh, I think it's the first non-diegetic pop song uh, that I'd heard in one of the films. There was the the record player in uh, Grave of the Fireflies that played uh, Home Sweet Home. 
but uh, this was something different. Specifically uh, Country Road. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which adds another film to the John Denver cinematic universe exactly. of recent films that have used him, including Free Fire, mm. Okja, Logan Lucky. Uh, yeah, his uh, royalty statements must be uh, quite high nowadays. Yeah. So that was that was the first thing they encountered. But whilst that music plays, it plays over these uh, wonderful landscapes and detailed shots of a city. Mm. And this is the first city story mm-hmm. that I've seen from Ghibli. And so I was really intrigued to see how that would play out. And specifically modern day city, mm. isn't it? it? You do have that shot at the end of Grave of Fireflies where it shows modern day Tokyo. But this is a, this is a film that is really in love with those landscapes mm. of, the, of, of the urban sprawl of Tokyo. And from the beginning, you see trains in the distance, you see the, the blinking lights of far-off tower blocks and so on. And it's so situated in this specific suburban residential area. Yeah. Uh, so we, we meet Shizuku, who's our, who's our lead character and our, and our guide through this story. She's this younger who loves, loves the library, loves reading. She explores the city occasionally with a, a wonderful cat called Moon for a guide. Uh-huh. And what I thought was really wonderful about the, the treatment of the city from those very early shots, this quite romantic music and the way that it's almost observational mm. of the city and lets the city uh, just kind of go about its thing in mm-hmm. front of the, the virtual camera. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's treating it in the same way that the studio has treated rural life yeah. in the other films that I've seen. I was going into this thinking, what is what is Kondo going to do that's different? Mm. How is is, he, is there going to be a, a revolt to what I've seen before because we have a new voice entering the system? And not knowing that Miyazaki wrote this film and mm-hmm. just going into it as little information as I can, as I, as I tried to do. I thought, oh, this is a big statement. This is, <laughs> this is him flattening this, uh, this love of rural landscapes in the countryside and championing the city. So I, so I kind of took down that point that I had in my head, uh, the fact that Miyazaki wrote it. But it still stands that this is so different because Kondo and then Miyazaki in, in concert and collaboration wanted to approach the modern day world with the, the beauty and detail and fantasy imagination of the fantasy world of the previous movies. Mm. And you do see that. As you say, Shizuku herself is a, is a character filled with imagination. That, that opening sequence or near the beginning of the film where she's taking lunch to her father and she gets on the train. Great train sequences in this film, I will say. Uh, she gets on the train and the cat jumps up onto the seat next to her and she starts having a little chat away like where are you off to cat commuting somewhere and it turns out they get off at the same stop and she says this is almost the start of a beautiful story and mm. she goes and is taken around these winding hilly roads by the cat and mm. along the way when you're looking for things that Kondo might have brought to this that is different he's a character designer and animator so some of the specific designs and animation styles here I think the way that he animates the cat mm. and animates the cat when it's teasing and trolling the dog where it, when it when it's kind of padding up across the gate and just sitting there while the dog is trying to bite its tail it's just so perfect in mm. in th- those moments in miniature yeah it's it's really interesting that he's a character designer mm-hmm. because when i hear uh, this studio and i hear character designer i think of um, spirited away yeah. i think of people that are being kind of let loose and letting their imagination fly uh, and i think it's really interesting that someone who has worked and kind of gone up through the company within that role is first given the opportunity to work in something that's so grounded in reality. And I think that pays off because there's human interactions here that I think are at a level really different to what we've seen before. Mm. Shizuku as a character, her her facial reactions, uh, the I think the dialogue in this film is, it feels like it's the most real. 
Mm. It's definitely the most relatable. I'm a, I'm a sucker for sucker for romances, for teen <laughs> films. So there was a lot going on to to suck me in early on. It it went narratively in a few directions that I haven't seen before as well, and it right. it almost feels like the most like a genre film. Okay, interesting because there is that meet cute they have. Mm. She she almost she must know for certain that this guy that starts popping up is the guy that's on the library cards, but she 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 doesn't want to believe it until much later in the film, and they start. He starts teasing her about her laboured lyrics for the translation of Country Road that she's writing. Where yeah, she's just, a, just a normal hobby to have there is translating the lyrics. Translating John Denver. Denver lyrics so that they're a criticism about the, uh, the the loss of the green space in the urban space. It's, yes. Yeah, just as you normally do when you're a 14-year-old. Just teenage old. things. Just teenage things. But then they develop this relationship. and But their relationship develops on... Um, a particular level which is a level of shared creativity and passion yes and there is this one key scene which is at this, at the, at almost at the central focal point of the mm. film where i mean country road is, yeah. is key to it it's where yeah. they sing it together mm. where she finds out he's a talented violinist but he'd rather apply his craft yeah engraving I, I think this goes back to that Miyazaki quote on writing the screenplay this film will represent a type of challenge issued by a bunch of middle-aged men <laughs> who have lots of regrets about their own youth to today's young people and this is my favourite scene in mm. the film, in which uh, Shizuku and her her new beau, Seiji, <laughs> are singing together. Oh, and yeah. he's playing the violin, something which he also makes in his own time. He's He dreams of becoming a violin maker. And he plays the violin of Country Roads, the song mm. we've heard a few times, and Shizuku starts singing along. Mm-hmm. And then, a few moments later... Uh, Nishi, who is Seiji's grandfather, and a couple of his musician friends yeah. find them. And they, out of nowhere, grab their instruments yeah. and join in. And I think in maybe another type of teen film, one that we might be more familiar with, uh, she would be bashful or shy at this moment. And she's been uh, she's been caught in a moment of innocence and would would shut herself down and run away. And rather than doing that, the film totally encourages this collaboration and creation mm-hmm. between these two generations. And they play the whole song. And it's, it's really wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, it reminds me of... Uh, Inside Lewin Davis, the Coen Brothers film, right. in which the songs are the focus of the scene, mm-hmm. that they don't start the song and then they become a montage. Yeah. Or they don't start and then do just a one-minute version. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it is a slightly condensed one, but it feels like we're watching the whole song and we're watching them play it out. And it's yeah. a really beautifully animated moment. It's so it's so interesting you, you mentioned that because Inside Lewin Davis is a film that's obsessed with performance and specifically the actors performing these songs. And it's, it seems strange to then talk about performance when watching an animated film, mm. but that sequence really does have, I don't know, the, 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 the breath the slight off-key moments, the slightly out-of-time claps and everything. Mm. So it feels like it's being performed before your eyes. Yeah, and that she is not a fantastic singer mm-hmm. but you it's know really that, key to it yeah. yeah and you're saying to me that in the american dub well yeah the, the, the <laughs> singing is perfect i wouldn't really recommend watching the american dub in this one because i think that is a bit too polished i mm. think there's something the vocal performance in this film across the board actually is some of the best in old ghibli movies where these characters just the, the voices define the characters mm. just as well as the uh, the animation designs do yeah uh, it's interesting that you said the word polish there, because mm-hmm. I think polish is a, key, is a key word that comes up through this film. Yes. And there's, there's a particular moment uh, revolving around this 
a geode <laughs> like this, this, this gem. This ro- the rock that has a sort of green emerald mm. type gem in the middle of it. Mm. And the, the grandfather who owns the antique shop picks it up and says, it's, 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 the, it's the point where Miyazaki as the middle-aged man is talking to the audience. But it doesn't come across like that. It's so soft touch. Mm. He says, the gem is inside you, but you have to work at it. Yeah. You have to polish it, you have to chip away, and then you will find it, it will not come fully formed. Yeah. It seems like it's talking just as much about animation as any other craft. It's something that you dedicate your life to. You will not be perfect at it first time out. Yeah, this is taking us back to uh, the earlier point about championing creativity. Mm. And something that I love about the Paddington films is that the children in the film are really encouraged to engage with their, their passions and their individual creativity and their very practical skills and their uh, based around engineering so you've got mm. model trains turning into like, running an actual train mm. or someone who's interested in newspapers running their own printing press by the second yeah. film and Seiji is wanting to develop himself as a violin maker mm. and he's not great at it but he wants to learn that skill yeah. and the same goes with Shizuki we're at the halfway point of the film and she learns that the thing that she needs to do with her life is tell stories mm. and I think in any other film we would have a montage of writing the story and it might come out perfect because she tried hard at it and that's all you need to do is try hard or we find out that the ability was inside her all along yeah and actually in this she writes the story that she's been desperate to get out Mm. and she says what was in my head i couldn't get on the page i couldn't do it but nishi the grandfather he reads it and he tells her that she's got that stone that's in there and if she polishes it eventually it will shine mm-hmm. and by the end of the film the story hasn't been finished it's mm-hmm. not been written but she's got that task and she knows that that's what she wants to do yeah and that if she works hard and we don't need to see that that's what's great about it we don't need to see him becoming a perfect violin maker or her becoming a perfect writer the important thing is that by the end of the film you know that that's what you need to practice and practice. They have that flash of inspiration, that dedication and that follow through. It's all there at the end of the film. I find it interesting that um, we only see a couple of flashes of the story that she is writing. Mm. It's inspired by this cat statuette that she sees in the antiques shop. And that's where suddenly the cat comes to life and it takes the the female character on all of these great fantasy adventure yeah, sequences. This, like, I, I thought this looked really different to the rest Completely of the Completely different, isn't it? Um, the backgrounds in particular, those very you know, beautiful, colourful backgrounds that suddenly change. There's a moment where the, the Tokyo landscape actually just transforms into this otherworldly, surreal uh, landscape. That's a different artist. That's a background artist called uh, Naohisa Inoue. And there's a story, interesting story about his uh, involvement there. He was just an artist who created all these amazing landscapes, uh, an imaginary world that he created called Iblard. And he invited Miyazaki to come along to one of his exhibitions, and Miyazaki loved it. He bought one of the pieces, and apparently it still stands in the Ghibli cafeteria and he he liked the, the work so much that he just said why don't you come and work on our next film i'm sure we'll find something to do with your with your work yeah. and that's that and in fact actually you know he is is in the film as well mm. he voices uh, when the three old blokes turn up to play music he, he's the tall one the oh, one that right. plays the flute i think lovely yeah. those amazing moments where it might pan down from this fantasy mm. world down onto the steps that shizuki's running it's really beautiful and that those moments where she's running down the steps are just they go on a bit longer than mm. you might expect and this film is just full of those lingering moments that oh, you don't yeah. expect it to hold for as long as they do 
uh, there's some particular shots of the city at night with a train going past and I could just watch it on a loop. I'd love to live in this movie. This is a film that we've said this before but this is such a gifable movie. It's the one that you can have a thousand desktop wallpapers from it. These moments, these little locations that hold so much meaning and delightful detail. Yeah, and there's there's one particular shot that people might know. Well, in fact, yeah, well, one, you know, we see so much of her interior life where she's sitting at her desk writing or reading or flopping about. There's one particular one where she has headphones on there she's writing and that's been appropriated for these YouTube live streams of lo-fi hip-hop beats. It's amazing to see that in a way this cult Ghibli movie has in a way been seen by millions of people and no one realizes that that's where it's from yeah uh, this is a film that's just I, I absolutely love it and would you say did you like this yeah i did like this film i think it's it's ending suffers oh right yeah, uh, uh, yeah okay um, in which uh, there is a, a marriage proposal kind of flung out of nowhere and uh, considering the kind of subversion of the uh, romance genre that's gone before it there are moments where uh, shizuki uh, just gets off of Seiji's bike and pushes him up the hill after he's trying to do this romantic gesture of taking him up there. She says, I am no man's burden. What a great single line. And there are these great moments like that. But yeah, there there is this marriage proposal, which is the final scene in the film. And I did err on that. One of the final lines as well, isn't it? So interesting. It's such a beautiful final sequence where he just appears magically out of a window and they go and see the sunrise together Mm. and they're together. And... Then suddenly he just blurts out, someday I want to marry you, will you marry me? She says yes, and it seems a bit forced and sudden. But Miyazaki, uh, once more, he seems to be asked a lot about his endings to his films. And when he's asked about this ending, he said he wanted his characters to fully dedicate themselves to something and really jump into the unknown. Mm. And that seemed to be the way to do it. I can see his reasoning, but yeah, it's just a little something or other, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, but I did like it a lot. But most importantly, let's find out where this film sits on the leaderboard. Michael, we've seen My Neighbor Totoro, Spirited Away, Grave of the Fireflies, and now Whisper of the Heart. Let's rank them. Let's get them on that board. Sure. So I think really after hyping this film so much and it being Michael's choice and all, I think I'd be doing a disservice to put it anywhere other than first place. I think this is, for me, the Ghibli film to see. I will recommend this film to anyone. So I think this is number one, just ahead of Totoro, number two, then Grave of Fireflies, Spirited Away. Although that saying that, they're four great movies. Mm. I think, I don't know if that would be the order for me. Okay. Um, I, I, I do love Totoro so mm-hmm. much. I'd be inclined to put this in second place, though. It, for me, they're so close, yeah. though. They're two near-perfect movies, in, mm. in, in, in my estimation. Yeah. It's good to know. I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad you're on board with yeah, the I was, of the I was, fan this, club. This was a bit of a thrill. This was the one that contained most of the things that I wasn't expecting, which going into a film is, is the minimum you can ask for. Exactly. So where are we going next episode, Jake? So next up, it's Princess Mononoke. Right. So we're going from modern day yeah. all the way back to a, a not, not necessarily very finely specified uh, sort of medieval fantasy yeah. period of history. And this is another one of those ones where I know the iconography. I don't know the film at all. Yes. I know about the wolf. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also chronologically the next film that Ghibli mm. made. So yeah. be a and, and the last combo point. as well. And in terms of his credits, yes. Yeah. All right. So we hope you enjoyed your time in the Ghibliotech. Next week, as we just said, we'll be taking Princess Maranoki off the shelf. Until then, you can follow Michael at Michael J. Leader on Twitter. And you can follow Jake on Twitter at Jake H. Cunningham. 
And in the meantime, if you haven't already, we'd love it if you subscribe to the show. You can do so on iTunes and Acast. And when you're there, you can leave us a star rating and a review or comment as well. Bibliotech is a Little Dot Studios production. We record at Soho Radio. Our music is made by Anthony Ng. Our artwork is by Sophie Mo. And Steph Watts helps us out with all of our GIFs, images, and anything else we post online. The show is produced by Michael Leader, Jake Cunningham, and Harold Scheel. That's me. I do the voiceover for the end credits as well. Hi everyone, thank you for sticking with us past the credits. We'd like to point out some Easter eggs for those who stuck around. In this one, this is a period where Ghibli started putting actual references to other films, in their films. And in this one there are three specific references that you can keep an eagle eye out for. In the grandfather's antique shop, there is a grandfather clock. And when he's winding it, you can see that it's engraved with the words Porco Rosso, in reference to the Hei Miyazaki film Porco Rosso. At Shizuku's desk, there's a distinctive witch toy figurine that's hanging just behind her head, and that is a reference to Kiki's livery service. And if you look closely on the shelf of the library, when she goes to take out a book, you'll see a book that's titled Totoro. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.